<sighs> Jesus Christ. Hi guys. I had a wonderful cheery intro for you. That was two attempts ago. And then I had a pretty cheery whistled intro. That was the last attempt. And then, uh, after accidentally deleting 20 minutes of um, my speaking, for the second time, um, I experienced a beautiful, clear state of pure rage and fury. And then I had the clarity of mind to try again. Because persistence is what gets one through life. So, here we are. Welcome to, fingers crossed, Jesus Christ, this is the last time I'm trying, episode 7 of the Heart of Markness podcast. And, I know I've been gone a while. Um, the story in a nutshell, and again, this is not going to be that engaging because it's the third fucking time I've done this in the last hour uh, because I'm apparently an idiot. Um, my beloved MacBook Pro died late last year, taking with it all my audio, all my uh, rough mixes and drafts of podcasts, and uh, a little piece of my heart. So uh, moving on, plowing through, I went into storage and dug out my old 2008 HP Pavilion desktop in all its 3 gigabyte RAM Windows Vista glory and uh, managed to get that up and running again. Um, not dependably, but I got it going. Um, it was enough to do some work stuff, and I found an old version of Audacity that would run on it, and uh, I started doing the podcast again. And then lo and behold, that shit the bed as well. Although that wasn't much of a surprise. That was just, you know, <laughs> of course it did. It's 10 years old. Uh, so disheartened, I gave up the dream of podcasting for a little while, and also drifted away from Zeppelin a bit, got into some uh, early 70s Derek and the Dominoes era, Eric Clapton, and uh, from there kind of springboarded into the Allman Brothers, who I never really gave much of uh, much time to in the past, and Jesus Christ, they're incredible. Listen to them. Turn this off and go listen to the Allman Brothers. Uh, no, just kidding. Stay here. I need you. We both need you. The baby misses you. Um, so here we are again. <laughs> this is uh, if this if I delete this and fuck this up, I'm gonna kill everybody in the entire world with fire. So cross your fingers. So here we are. I uh, have on indefinite loan from a good friend of mine. Thanks, Alex. A wonderful uh, Windows gaming laptop, which weighs like 12 pounds. It's insane, but it's also incredibly powerful and can do this easily. So thank you, Alex, for the loan of the laptop. <sighs> so here we go. The year is 1988. Led Zeppelin just finished a few months earlier their ridiculously awful reunion concert at the Atlantic Records 40th anniversary celebration in which the audio cut out and we lost the keyboards and we lost all the effects and reverb so we had a dry monitor feed of Jimmy's effectsless guitar and Robert's effectsless voice and nothing from John Paul Jones for the song Cashmere. So that was garbage. 
and uh, Jimmy was drunk, and the boys had had a fight, like an honest, in-your-face, listen to me, you piece of shit, you're going to go out there and we're going to do a stairway. Remember who made you kind of fight. Um, so that killed the chemistry, and uh, as I said, Jimmy was drunk and played like shit. The sound was shit. If you don't know it, get on YouTube, watch the Atlantic 40th Anniversary Reunion, and see what happens when uh, when you blow it. So Jimmy had a lot to make up for. That was supposed to be his comeback. Millions of people saw that. And uh, he, specifically, he fucking blew it. He was terrible. His Heartbreaker solo. You know, you go on the YouTube and see those videos of shredding videos of guitars shredding. But it's really just um, horrible guitar playing synced up to them playing live. You know, if you look at Jimmy Page's shredding video... They didn't have to put in shitty guitar. They just played the video as it was, and it's just as bad. It's it's shameful. So, having said that, Jimmy had to prove himself again, because by that time in 1988, after two tours and two albums of The Firm, and their kind of lukewarm power 80s arena supergroup pop almost, Jimmy Page had a lot to uh, prove. He had lost a lot of his cred. So he came out with the Outrider album, his first solo album, and it kicked ass. Yeah, it's really good. As far as playing goes, his playing on it is excellent. It's diverse. It, it suffers from 1980s kind of production and his choice of vocalists and, and lyrics are lame. It's the same complaint I have for Coverdale Page. It's like I can't get past the ridiculous lyrics and delivery. Um, but the music is solid, the bones of the album are solid, and when he went out on tour, the boy fucking delivered. He played tons of instrumentals and played the fuck out of them. He played songs from the Yardbirds, he played Train Kept a Rolling, he played songs from Zeppelin, he did Custard Pie, In My Time of Dying, Over the Hills and Far Away, Stairway, Dazed and Confused, good shit and killed on it. And then he also did some firm taunt songs. He did Someone to Love, uh, Tear Down the Walls, Midnight Moonlight, and again, killed it. Did it with some balls. Didn't hide behind his effects and uh, kicked ass. And he also, of course, did songs from the Outrider album, which live were much more enjoyable than the album. So it, he hit it, he hit it out of the park. Anybody who saw the Outrider tour was delighted. I saw the Outrider tour on October 29th, 1988 at the Worcester Centrum, dude, and uh, it was fucking pissa. Uh, my buddy Eric and I paid for front row tickets through a scalper, and we were right there, man, and uh, it was incredible. What was more incredible was Robert Plant was playing the Centrum, the same venue, the very next night for his Now and Zen tour, and he was actually there and I saw the motherfucker behind the bass stacks. And when John Miles was singing Over the Hills and Far Away, he turned and did a little bow to Robert, which made me look behind the bass stacks. And I saw that giant head of hair and was like, oh, my God, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page are going to get back together. Finally, 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 finally. Uh, but they didn't. But they were there. And I think Jimmy kicked it up a notch to show off. And uh, you're going to hear some cool shit. Uh, I'm babbling. And this is... Trust me, the draft that I accidentally deleted like half an hour ago was much better than this. 
but it was also like 20 minutes long, and I'm trying to not make it be that long because none of you fucks want to listen to me talk for 20 minutes when there's the promise of good music. So, which brings me back to Doe. Um, this tape, a cassette tape that contains Jimmy Page playing in the UK and his last tour of the stage. All right, I'm bad. Um, not long ago, I came across on one of the Zeppelin forums somebody uploading a tape of the last show of the Outrider tour at the Manchester Apollo in the United Kingdom. And um, it's, it's the show I've been looking for because I have a tape of the Worcester show I was at, and it's absolutely garbage. I love it because I was there, and I can hear through the, the noise and the horrible fidelity and relive the experience, but it's, it's absolutely not something to put on for you guys to listen to. And uh, the other Outrider shows that have excellent sound don't really move me as much, although they're good. Um, it just doesn't do it for me, and, I, and you know I'm not going to put something up there that you know, doesn't give me a tingle. So this tape gives me a tingle. And it's an intimate, it's a smaller venue. It's the last show of the tour. The recording is great. Nothing's overdriven. Everything's balanced perfectly. And um, you can really hear, you can really hear everything. And, it's, and, it, and you're going to really dig it. So I think the first song I'm going to play for you uh, is going to be Custard Pie. The Zeppelin track from Physical Graffiti. And a quick note about this. Um, keep in mind that in 1988, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page each worked on each other's respective solo albums. For the first time since Zeppelin. Jimmy played on Now and Zen. You may recall he played on uh, Tall Cool One and Heaven Knows. And Robert sang uh, the only one on Outrider, Jimmy's album. Now, in Tall Cool One was also the first use by Zeppelin Boys of uh, sampling. And Robert sampled some Zeppelin tracks, like The Ocean, down, 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 and uh, the Hey Hey Mama from uh, Black Dog. You know, Tall Cool One, you know that song. And in this track, Custard Pie, Jimmy does little, quote, samples of those songs as well. You'll hear them while he plays. And when I saw him do this in Worcester, I instantly knew that he was doing a little bit of a nudge, a wink, and a bit of a lark to Robert by sampling the same things that were sampled in Tall Cool One, but playing it live because Jimmy's a badass. So here we are. Custard Pie, November 26, 1988, Manchester Apollo, 93.1, The Rock. Enjoy.
just realized that I had recorded all the speech before this show using the microphone in the laptop and not the microphone that I've been actually speaking into because I'm a fucking idiot. Now, as we've discussed, I've already done this three times, so I'm not doing it again. So you'll just have to listen to the shitty low fidelity talk before this. Sorry. Very sorry. So sorry. But... In the interest of getting this fucking albatross of an episode off my neck, we're going to soldier on, move ahead, and bravely go where no man has gone before. All right, that was Custard Pie, and it was pretty fucking great. Did you, you get what I meant about the little breaks where he'd do a little bit of Black Dog, he'd do a little bit of the ocean? In the same spirit, in the same vein as Robert, using the samples in Tall Cool One. And it was... Fucking great to see live, let me tell you. Um, one thing I loved about this tour, uh, when he came out in Worcester, when uh, Eric and I, my buddy Eric and I, saw him, um, he came out in a jacket and a scarf, wearing sunglasses with a cigarette and like a bottle of um, champagne. It was like too big to be your beer bottle. Although it might have been like a 22-ouncer or something. I don't know. He came out with a bottle and all this stuff and walked out. Good evening. And, you know, he's Jimmy Page, so he doesn't talk loudly. So we couldn't really hear much. I basically come out, you ready for us? We're ready for you, too. And he's as he's saying this, he's pulling the rings off his hands and uh, taking off his scarf, taking off his jacket, rolling up his sleeves. And... Uh, it's really, he's like, you ready for us? We're ready for you too. We're here for a great night, blah, 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 blah. And uh, 
he thumps his bottle while doing so against the mic stand, and it just foams all over his hand. I mean, it was cool. He was obviously doing something very cool, and it foamed all over his hand like a doofus, and it, it, it was funny. I mean, he handled it. He wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going home. But um, it was just, dude, you came out here with all that shit just to take all that stuff off just to be cool. And all right, whatever. It, it was funny. But what redeemed it and kept it from being completely cheesy, aside from the fact that it was Jimmy fucking Page, um, as his as his roadie took everything away, he leaned forward and said, but before we do, I'd like to introduce you to my mistress. And then the his guitar tech comes out, straps on the Les Paul, which we hadn't seen in America since 1977 because he'd been playing that Telecaster. Wait. What's that? Yes, you in the back. Yes? You're right. He did play the Les Paul for Boogie Mama, and everybody needs someone to love for the firm, and he did it as well, Boogie Mama, for the arms concerts. You're right. I'm sorry. Sit down. Go fuck yourself. So, Jimmy straps on the Les Paul. Let me introduce you to my mistress, and then gets right into uh, Who's to Blame from Death Wish 2. And... Uh, as he's playing it, this keyboard on a riser with 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 uh, fog, kind of hums onto the stage, with John Miles is very very. It's not Spinal Tap. It was very very eighties. Like it was nineteen eighty eight, and they were doing like nineteen eighty two level stuff. I mean, the set that they had could have been used on like the Yes nine zero one two five tour five years earlier, but um, that's that's small potatoes. Um, so he started off, he played Who's to Blame, which was great. Then he did Prelude on the Les Paul. And, and his, all his guitars had the string bender, so he was still able to do, have that sound, but it was from a Les Paul. It was much meatier. Um, did Prelude, and then straight from Prelude into Over the Hills and Far Away. And if you remember Led Zeppelin Live, they would do three songs before they'd even talk to the audience. And Over the Hills and Far Away would conclude, and then it was Good Evening, blah, blah, blah. So once we heard Over the Hills and Far Away, we were like, holy shit, this is really happening. And uh, we tried to, my buddy Eric and I, we were on the bass player side of the stage, although we were right up against the stage. And uh, Jimmy would come over, working the stage and play, and we had tried to figure out a way. Somehow Jimmy has to acknowledge us. We have to get him to realize that we exist. And... um, (laughs) My dumbass wanted to bring, uh, I had a, a dummy grenade. I wanted to bring a grenade up and lob it on the stage because I thought it would be funny. But uh, I was talked out of that, thank God. Um, yeah, I was a bit of a fuckhead. But instead, we both brought guitar picks, pockets and pockets of guitar picks. And we salted the stage with our own guitar picks. And when he came over uh, during Days to Confused, he came over and did the on the knees thing. Was like right fucking there, like like four feet away from my face, and uh, my buddy and Eric and I were just pointing downward, like look, look, look. And this all happened in like a quarter of a second. He came over. He's playing. We're pointing downward, and our gesticulations were different from the other fifteen thousand people gesticulating. So it caught his eye, and he looked at us, saw that we were pointing down. He looked down. And he saw 
that he was on his knees playing the guitar because he's a god, and he saw that the stage was littered with guitar picks that were not his own. And all within the space of, like I said, a fraction of a second, there was like this minuscule little look, a minuscule little kind of shrug, and he scooped up one of the picks and started playing. And he played, at least for a little while, with one of our fucking guitar picks. Whose pick was it? Eric's or mine? Mine. Am I sure of that? I know it in my heart. Um, no, I don't know. It was just fucking cool. It was just fucking cool to have that moment, literal moment, where Jimmy Page was aware of my existence. <laughs> it, it was just great. It, it, it made everything. It made everything. Um, that and the fact that I didn't have to grade him on the curve anymore, like with The Firm. When I had seen The Firm live, I saw them on both tours, and it was more, holy shit, that's really Jimmy Page. That's really Jimmy Page up there. Uh, all right, I'm going to go get a soda, because it was just, it, it, didn't, it, it, it didn't move me. But uh, the Outrider tour was much different. So uh, more rambling, more rambling in higher fidelity this time. But uh, friends and friends and friends and family, I want to play you another song from the Outrider Tour because I'm sure my ramblings are not as enchanting to you as they are to me. So uh, let's go with another song. And for this one, I think I'm going to go with an instrumental from Outrider called Emerald Eyes. Now, Emerald Eyes is a nice... It's an instrumental, so... You know, as I said, it's good on the album. It's excellent live. Uh, I think he killed it more at the show that I saw in Worcester. Um, but as I said, the recording I have of that show is is just garbage. So this is still great. Don't get me wrong. It's just not my favorite. So Emerald Eyes. Uh, there's a little story about that that I will tell you at the end of this song regarding a woman who says that Jimmy wrote this song about her. So ladies and gentlemen... Jimmy Page, Emerald Eyes, 93.1, The Rock. I won't do that all the time. Hi, thank you. That's cool chair down the walls. And this next song is instrumental and it's called Emerald Eyes.
Pretty badass, huh? <clears throat> that was good old-fashioned Jimmy Page. No grading it on the curve. No qualifying it with, well, he hadn't played in a while and he was trying to get out there. No, he was struggling under the burden of addiction or any of that other shit. Just Jimmy Page playing fucking brilliantly. And, you know, the song is not the most impressive thing, but the playing is. I mean, it basically sounds like a demo, which it, it, it is, um... Because you can imagine Jonesy coming in and filling out something. Bonzo, of course, coming in. And uh, you, you can hear the, the, the framework, the skeleton of of a kick-ass Zeppelin tune. Except it wasn't. It's just Jimmy Page solo. Which is, again, pretty rad since I'm doing a whole fucking podcast series devoted to the man. So, there we have Jimmy Page, Emerald Eyes. And the story about Emerald Eyes that I have is... Um, Back in like 2000, 2001, back in the days of Napster, um, you used to be able to get on this wonderful program called Napster and download music from individuals. And uh, this is the first time that kind of shit had been around in a mass scale, and it was amazing. And even though I think I still was on dial-up, um, I would download all these Zeppelin tunes. I had this book, Led Zeppelin Live, that chronicled every extant recording at the time. And uh, I would just look for rarities. I would look for cover versions of songs um, and, and like the best version of this, the best version, and download it one at a time on dial-up. And uh, the cool thing is you could um, instant message the person from whom you were downloading. I didn't know that until I was downloading some track. I think it might have been Money. You know, Money, that's what I want. Uh, they did that in Frankfurt on the 1980 tour, uh, June 30th, I believe. And I was downloading it, and a little brump popped up on my screen. It's like, you like that song? Good song. Zeppelin is good. And I started chatting back and forth with this person. Turns out she was a woman. Her name was Cindy. I think it was with an S-I. I'm not sure. But um, she claimed to know or have known Jimmy Page had known Jimmy Page, um, and, uh, like, kind of on the, on the, on the 77 tour as a little kid, you know, shameful age these days, but back in the 70s, whatever, uh, hooked up with Jimmy, I think, I'm not sure if it was, it must have been on the 77 tour, because that was the last time they were in the States, and then, um, reconnected on the arms tour, which started in Dallas, and she was based in Texas, and, uh, they kind of, and she actually went to his house in 1981, not as a guest, like, I will bring you to my house, my beloved, but more like uh, a kid traveling with other kids, going to Jimmy's house and uh, knocking on the door and getting let in. <laughs> Maybe that's how they met. Anyways, I don't know. It was 1981. She had pictures. She scanned photographs of her and J she and Jimmy in his house, and uh, that was at the low point. That was when Jimmy was a complete and utter mess. But uh, it proved that, holy shit, she knew Jimmy Page. Anyway, she said that the song Emerald Eyes was written by Jimmy for her. And the thing is, I, over the years, I have met more than one Jimmy girl who told the same kind of story. Um, so maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. In any case, it's cool. It's a cool story. It ate up some time, and now you have that in your brain forever. All right, let's wrap this up because I... 
this is killing me. <laughs> I want to get this podcast out. It's been like seven months and I'm ready to do it. And like technology is fucking me at every step. This is like, I must have pissed off a god and I'm cursed like Ulysses. Um, anyway, the last song I'm going to play for you tonight, today, now, whenever you're listening to this, is a song from the Outrider album called Blues Anthem. And again, the lyrics are cheesy. Anytime you rhyme life with strife, you're a hack lyrically. It's just, just how it goes. But it's all right. The song itself is pretty. It starts off acoustic, Jimmy sitting on the edge of the stage with a 12-string acoustic, and they play the song. Jimmy does a little bit of finger-picking, tastefully and well. And then there's a pause, and then the whole band comes in, and Jimmy comes in and solos again with his Les Paul. And it's really pretty, and I think you're really going to like it, and it's a wonderful way to wrap up the podcast. I don't know if I'm going to come back and talk after this. We'll just have to see. I'm sure, you know, I will. I'll come by and say goodbye to you guys and tuck you in nice and tight. Um, so here it is. Blues Anthem, Jimmy Page. Beautiful. Okay, so this is, a, well, this is the last time I'm ever going to play from that album, Outrider. And it's called Blues Anthem. I hope you enjoy it.
did too listen i'm sorry it took me so long to get an episode out i gave a little bit of an explanation i hope you guys understand um if not you'll get your money back um that's a lie you will never get your money back ever it's mine now but um yeah this this i had troubles (laughs) i had troubles using this audacity uh for for windows for the first time so this is not my finest work but for the love of Christ, I needed to get something out there. I promised you guys something by the end of the week. It's the end of the week. So next one will be better. So thank you very much. Give me some comments. Check out the website, heartofmarkness.com. Follow me on Twitter, holler, heart of Markness, heart of Markness, I think, whatever, you'll find me. Um, but yeah, heartofmarkness.com. I'm going to be putting more content up there. I'm going to treat it more like a regular old blog than just my podcast blog. So there'll be more shit up there. Um, not necessarily music based, although primarily music based, but there'll just be some stuff that I think is neato. Um, so enjoy that. Enjoy everything. Enjoy everything. Um, and thanks for letting me do this. Thanks for listening. Leave some comments, subscribe, love me. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.